Hello, my friends. This is Paul White. It's the Deeper Daily Podcast, and it's the third day of January. Thanks for joining me today as we are in our introduction to the gospel according to Mark. Today, a little more formal on the intro. I've talked some personal stuff, why I like the book, why I, how I feel about it now, um, my excitement about this study, but I want to do sort of our, what's the classic thing you do at the top of any book, which is look at the author, the date, the reason it was written, the characteristics, the themes of the book. We'll stop short of an outline, but just to kind of get you ready to get up and off the ground. And one of the things that I should point out here that really applies to all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of the Gospels are actually anonymous. None of the Gospels have some sort of intro or tag in which the writer explains himself and says his name. We get used to that as we move into the deeper books in the New Testament because Paul loves to put his name on his work. In fact, Paul claims that he always signs his work. That's one of the calling cards of Paul. Um, But the Gospels are anonymous, and so we don't know for sure who wrote them. What we do is we accept the internal evidence, the way things are structured, and we couple that with mostly second century church fathers. We're talking about second or third generation Christians who were writing in the second century. For instance, Papias, Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Clement of Alexandria, these are all second century writers, and every one of them in writing affirm that Mark wrote the second gospel. Uh, Papias, in fact, even calls Mark Peter's interpreter, and that's another reason why We've said through the years that Mark is really Peter's version of the events, and possible evidence for that could be that um, there's this simplified chronological order of events in the book of Mark that sort of mirrors the way Peter rehearses those events in Acts 3 and in Acts 10. When he tells about Jesus, he moves left to right in a lot of the same ways that the Gospel of Mark does. And we wouldn't have any reason to believe that Mark's gospel was in existence when Peter said those things in Acts 3 or Acts 10. So that's that's a reason why that sort of landed that way. So even though they're anonymous, we've accepted that it was written by John Mark. um, And we've also accepted a few things about Mark that may or may not be true. Let me talk about those um, for for just a a second. Um, First of all, the, you put all the Gospels together, you get this authorized, collective witness of the person of Jesus, and you see how he works. That's a theme that's really strong in Mark, the person of Jesus and how he works. Um, we, we have Mark's name, John Mark's name, above the gospel in our earliest renderings. In other words, this was written by John Mark or by Mark, the gospel according to Mark. That's, of course, not original, uh, but it does appear in our ancient canonical lists and all the way back to, as we said, those second century things. The other thing, that there's one piece of internal evidence, perhaps, and that's uh, the young man in Mark 14. There's a young man who 
flees. He's naked in the garden and he flees when Jesus is arrested. And it's one of those odd moments. We'll get there when we get to Mark 14. That where this character is just on the scene that has no interaction with what's going on and is just gone. And from the earliest days, scholars have thought that that might have been Mark writing himself into the story uh, as a way of sort of showing that he was there, but that he didn't make any better stand than any of the other disciples. So when was Mark written? The common consensus is that Mark was first, but when is that? Well, if Mark was used by Matthew and used by Luke, which most scholars think that it was, then it can't be written any later than about AD 70, because Matthew and Luke were written somewhere, most scholars think no later than 90 perhaps as early as 80. That means Mark must have been in the collective consciousness. However, there's a possibility that Luke and Acts ended when the narrative ends in the book of Acts. And the narrative ends abruptly in AD 62 at the end of the book of Acts. There's nothing past AD 62, which could mean that the author is writing it somewhere at the end of AD 62. And if that's true, Acts most definitely followed Luke, and Luke most definitely followed Mark, which would put Mark somewhere in the late 50s or early 60s. Um, Those are some considerations. I will say this. I've I've told you this before, and I I still believe this, and and the more I study, the more I believe it even more. you could make a very cogent argument that all the books of the New Testament were written before the temple came down in AD 70, which would mean that all of the books came from the very first apostolic generation. And so somewhere between the late 50s and about 70 AD, Mark appears. The church fathers believe that Mark addressed his letter to the church at Rome or perhaps Italy in general, And that could be supported by Mark's association with Peter. Peter addresses the church as in in 1 Peter 5, the Christians in Babylon, which was not a real city, but probably a reference to Rome. And that could be why the early church fathers felt that the book of Mark was that way. Here's the purpose um, in a nutshell, really, is to present in writing for the first time the witness of the apostles to the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. Uh, Mark doesn't write a full biography. He doesn't even try. He really is focusing on the public ministry of Christ. His historical record is pretty simple. He basically conforms to the basic structure of a gospel proclamation. We start with Jesus and John the Baptist. We go with Jesus into Galilee and the surrounding region. And we journey with Jesus all the way to Jerusalem. And we do all of that inside of 16 chapters. It's very quick, as we said yesterday. Um, According to to, uh, the gospel of John, Jesus made at least five visits to Jerusalem um, Matthew and Luke record more teaching than Mark. Mark doesn't give us any of that stuff, but what we do get is something different. He gives the most enlarged account of what the apostles preached about the cross. 
and he gives Jesus as the true Israelite. He gives Jesus as the Son of God. He gives Jesus as the power of God. And you could say, based on his language, the fact that he's very careful with his Semitic terms, very careful describing Jewish customs, that he anticipated Gentiles were going to read his letter. And we might be looking at the most attempt, the most complete attempt to show Jesus to the Gentiles of all four Gospels. Tomorrow, uh, I want to deal a little bit with some of the difficulties of Mark, but we're also going to jump into the text for the first time. This is going to be a great journey. I hope you enjoy it as much as I'm going to enjoy going through it with you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.